Welcome to the Pilgrim's Odyssey, your guide to life's wild ride. I'm your host, Silwan Green. Every day we share incredible stories and valuable lessons on life and faith. Thanks for tuning in and make sure to share this odyssey with your friends and neighbors so all of us together can let our light shine. Welcome friends to another episode of the Pilgrim's Odyssey. Silwan here. Great to be with you. Sometimes words that on the surface seem so sweet can reveal things that aren't so sweet. Here are five that can often do just that. You are what you love. Or another way to put it, you love what you spend your time doing. You might not feel like you love it, but that which you desire, that which you spend your time on, like it or not, it kind of defines what is important to us, what our passions are. And it may be in a good way, it might be in a perverted way, but that is what we love. I think it's one reason we can have a culture, a modern culture, where so many things are available to us to make our lives better. So many things that we can love while at the same time our souls are being destroyed. Why we can be both happy, how are you feeling? Oh, I'm happy and depressed. Why you can be entertained and alone. Why you can be searching for life, chasing and consuming things to feel alive, to feel energized, to feel hopeful, but to be filled with death. I was reminded of all this reading an article today about video games that mentioned a 2016 book by James K. Smith called You Are What You Love, The Spiritual Power of Habit. Now, the book itself is about shaping, creating a Christian life that becomes who you are by understanding what you spend your time doing, what you spend your time loving becomes who we are. And there's a word of warning in this book, why we must be intentional about it, because we might not love what we think we do. Or one might say what you desire and falsely love might be actually who you are. And even if this thing that we love is something that destroys us because how we spend our time, how we spend our money, where we let our desires go, those things begin to shape our hearts, begin to shape who we are. What do you say we love? What do we actually love? Now, in this very same article, mentioning this book, articles by Carmel Richardson for the American Spectator, I Google it, check out the full article. For many of our young people and not so young people, what is the thing they love that becomes who they are, that shapes their ideas of themselves in the world? Well, especially for young boys and young men, it is video games. Now, as I read from the article, I want to prepare you for something. I'm not really talking about video games today, but to get to where I want to go, Addressing you and me, we got to talk about video games. So here, a few paragraphs from the article itself. Gaming addictions are real and damaging, even beyond the well-documented. 
shorter attention spans, academic struggles, and a handful of basement-dwelling Call of Duty players who went off the rails. Now, if those weren't enough, gamers are also highly prone to depression, and increasingly studies show strong correlations between gaming and suicide rates. Now, in that just short paragraph, she says what we all know, spending a lot of time on video games is not very healthy or helpful. We all know it. She goes on, the demographic most hurt is young men. Statistically, gamers are teen boys in the phase of life when they seek excitement most and are tempered by maturity least. One might say when they're most vulnerable, I might add. Video games, which promise endless excitement, can be incredibly addictive to boys of this age. One 2020 poll done by Michigan Medicine shows teen boys are far more likely than girls to spend three or more hours gaming in a day. And boys are twice as susceptible to gaming addictions in general than are girls. Now, to say boys are the only ones to blame would be inaccurate, but certainly the problem affects them more than their female counterparts. Now, as I read that, and it very clearly laid out why video games can be so dangerous, why they're more dangerous to boys than girls, yet can be to anybody. One of the questions she sort of raised but really didn't focus in on that really started bouncing around in my head was this. Why in our society, where we know the danger of video games and how much money is made on them and how much time boys spend on them, do we allow them to proliferate to our young so unencumbered? We know they're bad. You, you do polls of people. Are video games good or bad? If you play video games too much, it's like 86% of people are worried about them. Yet, like so many things in our consumer culture, we allow young men especially to consume and to consume and to consume and to consume. Now, what is implied in her article, and what to me is my answer to that, is this. We all have our own video games. We all have those things that make us a little bit less human that begin to shape us, that begin to mold us, that begin to turn us into things that aren't necessarily healthy, but we love them. And to limit the youth would mean to shine a light on ourselves. Also, when you're busy being distracted, it's a lot easier to be distracted by whatever distracts you if your children are being distracted. Because I would say it's not just video games, it's just screens. You can see it all the time. You know, I was at a volleyball game last night watching my girls play. There were some kids there whose parents obviously just like to distract them. And there they are, people running around, families, kids playing, and they got their faces in a screen, and they're not moving. Guess what those parents are doing? They're teaching them to love what's on that screen, to love it, to need it, to desire it as you would anything else in life. And then when you're doing that, it allows you to do the same thing. Now, your thing might not be video games. It could be a whole bunch of things in today's culture. It could be Facebook. It could be Instagram. It could be TV. It could be alcohol. It could just be sitting around and being lazy. It could be a whole bunch of things. But you want to see the heart of our culture? Look at video games. Look at what we allow children to do. And then I believe this leads to really what my big point is. How can we argue so much over what seem to be facts? How can our country be divided over so many things that should be simple to examine and to understand? 
whether it's a virus and how to respond to it, whether killing unborn children is good or bad, how high should taxes be, how low should they be, what should government do, what should government not do? You know, why did discussing those things become so hard? I'll tell you why. Because when we are blind to what we truly love, and we're not willing to admit what I love is a screen, what I love are clothes, what I love or whatever it may be, when that happens, and when you step back, it's obviously so superficial. But when that happens, we tend to see things the way we want to see them. We want the world to make sense so that we're okay. We want the world to be seen and make sense in a way so that those things that we love, which might be video games, which may be drugs, which may be alcohol, might be whatever it is. We want the world to be in a way that those things are okay so we can indulge them. And then when you do that, you quit looking for truth. You quit being objective. You just try to mold things to fit what you love. And in a culture where we can get so easily distracted from reality, it becomes easier and easier to create our own reality. And then is it so surprising? Is it any wonder that we are so divided over facts and data that we cannot agree upon because we see what we want to see? It's yet another reason why I keep coming back to focusing on what matters. You see, when you agree that the things that matter most are, for instance, family, faith, community, you see the world that way. When those are the things you love, when those are the ways you spend your time, you will filter everything through those three things. You will filter all facts, all data, and how it impacts and how it affects your family, your faith, and your community. Now, if those aren't the things that matter to you, if what matters to you is, say, personal freedom, doing whatever the hell I want to do, well, you're going to filter things that way. When what's important to you becomes drugs, partying, tuning out of the world, becoming numb, well, then you're going to filter the world through those things. If only one of the first three things I talked about is important to you, if you don't care less about family and faith, but you're big on community, well, that's how you're going to filter things. If all you care about is family, but you don't really care about faith, or well, you see what I mean? And it is why it is so important, I believe, that if you truly want to impact and you want to change the thinking in a healthier way or what we think is a healthier way of your family, of your friends, of, of, of the people around you, get them to focus on what matters. Remind them of what matters. Create a filter for them, especially with your kids. Because if you say to your kids, family's important, but then you don't eat dinner together and you don't talk to each other, and you throw a screen in front of their eyes, you know what you're telling them? You're telling them you're a liar. And that you're just saying whatever you have to say, okay, to shut them up and put their face in front of a screen or whatever it is you may do. If all you do is spend your time running around, playing sports or whatever it may be, well, then that's who you are. You lose balance in any direction. That becomes who you are. And if you're not honest about it, you can't change. And if you're not honest about it, the people around you are going to quit listening to you or you're going to fight because you're going to be lying and they're going to be lying because everybody's trying to protect what they love and what their precious is. You know, I just thought of my precious. Isn't that what is one of the most poignant things of the entire Lord of the Rings series? Is that at the end of the day, whatever it is that we find precious 
becomes the filter through which we see everything else, which we see all people, which we behave. If your precious becomes a piece of metal or your precious becomes power, that's how you'll see things. If your precious is goodness and God and family, well, that will become the thing which you filter and see all the see things through. And it is not an exaggeration to say that the battle that J.R.R. Tolkien talked about all those years ago in The Lord of the Rings and Gollum's search for his precious and its impact on other people is the same battle that we fight to this day. Really examine yourself. What do you find precious? How do you spend your time? What's important to you? Because that's what you love. And not only that, that is the lesson that you're teaching your children. And, 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 and you got to be like hardcore about it. You know, you, you might go to a Bible study on a Wednesday night on church on Sunday morning. You might like talk the whole Jesus thing really good. But if you spend a lot of time worrying and caring, you know, how nice your clothes are, how nice your car is, what your house is like, what people think about you, that's who you are. That's what your kids see. You know, you spend more time in a week on Facebook than you do in church. You, you, you spend more time, like, picking out your clothes for the day or what you're going to wear, you know. You got more money sitting in your closet in shoes than you've given away to poor people. Man, that's who you are, and that's what your kids see. And then when you tell them to be another way, they look at you like, what's your problem? Are you a liar? Because what you really love, what I see you love, which isn't me, which isn't dinner together, it's all those other things, that's not what you're telling me, so I can't trust you. And then that kid goes for things which you're going to say to them, I love you, I care for you. And it's all those ways, all those people that want to make money off of us. Video games, they spend billions of dollars to give kids just what they want. A drug dealer will say whatever they have to say to sell somebody drugs. You name it. So ask yourself, what do you love? How do you live a life based upon what you love? What does it say about you? What does it say about your family, the people around you? What, what message are you sending them? Be as intentional about your life as a video game maker is about a video game. As an app, as a commercial, as a movie. Be as intentional about your own life as those things are because they are trying to not only capture you, they're trying to capture your children the people around you, your community, they're trying to get them to love them because they know something very well. You are what you love. So my friends, what do you love? How do you spend your time? What do you need to change? What message are you giving out to those around you? It is then when you are truly pursuing what you love and it is the thing that we were made to pursue that you will be able to aim high. Instead of doing things that you love but they make you feel worse, you will do things that as you do them, you get more filled up, you aim higher, you get more focused. Life gets to be a wonder every day. And then no matter how you're feeling, in a way, you'll feel those wings spreading because you're flying on the air of the things that matter. And you will be able to keep your eyes focused because you know in your heart you're taking yourself and your family and your community in the direction that they were meant to be. And maybe when we're all working together, whatever level you can, at home, at church, at school, wherever you may be, then all of us will be better able to keep our eyes on peace instead of being distracted from peace by the things that say to us they love us when all they want to do 
this can consume us and become your precious. You've been listening to The Pilgrim's Odyssey. Make sure you comment, share, and like this podcast so all of us together can let our light shine. For books, videos, and more content from me, your host, please visit Silouan.com. That is Silouan, S-I-L-O-U-A-N.com. Until your next visit on The Pilgrim's Odyssey, I'm your guide on life's wild ride, Silouan Green. I smell the grass through the trees. I just run.